Well, good morning, church. We will be in Revelation this morning. And as we get started, I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 1. As we do a miniature recap. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1 says... What? Somebody have it open. What's Revelation? What's the first phrase in Revelation 1 1? The revelation of Jesus Christ. There's the name of the book. It comes from the very first phrase. The word revelation means to unveil, to reveal. Now, as we look at the Bible, we see where we just celebrated a little bit ago at Christmas, where we celebrated Jesus was revealed as this little baby. Then the baby grew up, and then the baby, did a, as a man, made disciples, and then he eventually went to the cross. He went to the cross for you and I to pay for our sins. He was buried, and on the third day rose again. And he promised something to the disciples and to us. I'm going to come back. Therefore, we have revelation, the revealing of this king. Now, the first time Jesus comes, he comes as a baby. The second time he comes as a king. And the entire revelation series, we've labeled it the coronation of the king. The king gets the crown. We, he is revealed. So revelation chapter one is what does this king look like? Remember, he had eyes of fire. He had a face that shone like the sun during the day. You'd kind of like need a welding cap to look at him in the face. His feet are bronze, just come out of the, uh, the fire, burnished bronze. And when he spoke, it was a sound of thunder. That's the revealed king. That is the king that we worship now, who sits at the right hand of God in heaven. So then we went to, hey, did Jesus, here he is revealed, this is your king. Then the king watches over his churches. And we went through the seven churches that are in Revelation. The big idea is, hey, your revealed king is watching over us now. He's watching over this little church here in Ocala. He's watching over us. Remember, there were some churches he was, that's good, keep up the good work. And there were some churches he said, what? You're about ready to get a spanking. Things are not going to go well. So there was good and the bad. And then we studied last week, hey, hey, Jesus is this revealed king. He looks over his churches. And then we're looking at what's the big deal of this scroll? And when they asked John, hey, who is in the world can open this scroll? In heaven and hell, all over creation, they couldn't find anybody worthy to open the scroll that was in the Father's hand. Well, the lion, the tribe of Judah, comes up and says, I can hold the scroll. And what was the reaction in Revelation 5 for Jesus being worthy to hold that scroll? Massive worship. Has anyone been, been to a concert? Robbie, I know, Frank, I know you have. How high are the speakers? Up in the racks of speakers. Robbie? To the ceiling. It was as if the first part of the worship service when the king is revealed worthy to hold this scroll is the first three sets of the speakers. Then the next set gets turned on. Then the next set. 
and we have the angels, we have the four living creatures around the throne, and then we have, we know that song, all creatures of our God and King, all the creatures start singing, how worthy are you? So to hold this scroll, then last week he starts breaking the seals. Remember back in the day, you get the letter and the king would stamp the seal on the envelope and you'd have to break that seal to read it? Well, this scroll has seven seals on it. And as he starts breaking these seals, it doesn't turn out well for the earth. And he keeps breaking the seals. So the worthy king, the revealed king, holds this scroll. And we studied last week that he is still good. He is still good through every one of those seals that are broken. And you're asking, well, we only did six seals last week. What about the seventh? Yeah, we're that one's today. He's going to break the seventh seal. Join with me in Revelation as we see, Michael, this isn't working. Revelation chapter 8, verse 1. Starting in verse 1 of chapter 8. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. And he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with, with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashings of lightning, and an earthquake. So the king revealed to us has held this seal. And he's holding this scroll, and he's broken six of the seals, and the number seventh seal gets broken. What is the reaction now to everything in heaven? Silence. Have you ever been anywhere and heard a bunch of people go dead silent? I have. I worked in the prison system for 13 years, and that was the most scariest moment I have ever experienced. When you've got two to 300 uh, convicted felons all go quiet, it is spooky. And in Revelation, when the Lamb, they could find him, Jesus, be worthy of holding this scroll, the speakers get cranked up. Everybody's worshiping. Even as he breaks the seals, there's worship going on. So he's broken the seventh seal, and what happens? It's awkward, isn't it? It's amazing. Jesus is command. His authority just to break this seal is dead quiet. Now, as we go on, I want you to get something straight. There's six seals. When the seventh seal is broken, it starts the seven trumpets. Just think of it this way. S, seals, trumpets, bowls. You got six seals. 
Robbie, you got it? Then the seventh seal opens up seven trumpets. You guys ever been to the fireworks? And he goes, boom. And then one little one goes off to the side. And you're like, yeah, 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 boom. And it goes again. Well, you got six seals. Then it got the seventh. Is when it goes off, we're going to have seven trumpets out of that seventh seal. But don't get confused. We have a Jesus in heaven who's broken the seventh seal. Everything goes quiet. Seven angels now are given seven trumpets. And another angel with a golden censer stands at the altar. There's an altar in heaven. There's this cool little thing that's filled with like incense in heaven. And an angel grabs that censer and goes up to the altar there. And there is in it our prayers. Our prayers today are being kept in heaven. They're being, God's got them. They're not just going off and it's like, well, that went to his huge voicemail box and he never got to it. There is a part of our prayers that get to heaven and God says, oh, these are my people. These are the ones who have chosen to follow me. These are their requests. These are their praises. And there's an angel who is given the authority to hold these. And he approaches the golden altar with these prayers and it's offered to God as praise. Smoke goes up. The worship of the king continues, and our prayers are a part of this now. The angel takes this censer, fills it with more fire, and what does he do with it? Boom! Boom! It hits the earth. You've got lightning, thunder, and yet another earthquake. There's something in this worship of the king when he breaks this seventh seal and this angel has our prayers and he says, you are worthy, you are the boss, you are the king. So let's move to Revelation chapter 8, verse 6 through 13, and let's look at these trumpets. Page 873 in your Bible. Verse 6. Now the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. The first angel blew his trumpet, and there followed hail and fire mixed with blood, and they were thrown upon the earth. And the third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and grass, all the green grass was burned up. A second angel blew his trumpet, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. A third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star from heaven, blazing like a torch, and it fell on the third of the rivers and the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many people died from the water because it had become bitter. A fourth angel blew his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, so that a third of their light might be darkened, and a third of the day might be kept from shining, and likewise a third of the night. Then I looked in verse 13. John looks, and he hears a cry. I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead. Whoa, 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 to those who dwell on the earth at the blast of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow. Stop there. So the first angel blows his trumpet. Hail and fire mixed with blood is thrown upon the earth. A third of the earth, a third of the trees, and all the green grass is blown up. 
The second angel blows his trumpet. A burning mountain is thrown into the sea or salt water. A third of the sea turns to blood. A third of the sea life dies. A third of all the ships are destroyed. I did some research. What would it mean if a third of the ships today were destroyed? Now, I just calculated the top 10 world navies. That's 1,400 navy ships. Gone. But that pales in comparison to our merchant ships. We've got over, in the world, there's 17,000 merchant ships on the seas today. So this angel blows a second trumpet, and we've got over 18,000 ships sunk. So we got the first angel blows a trumpet, third of the earth gone. Second angel blows his trumpet, salt water, and the ships, are, third of the ships are gone. Third angel blows his trumpet, and the fresh water is affected. Third of the fresh water becomes bitter, so people die. Have you ever been without water, fresh water? Or how many of you guys have been to the beach and run out of fresh water? That is horrific. It's mind-numbing that you're around all that water and you can't drink a lick of it. Or your kids do, then you got to deal with that. Or your dogs do, then you got to deal with that. But the third of the fresh water on earth is spoiled, non-potable. So the fourth angel blows his trumpet, and it changes the celestial map yet again. A third of the moon, the sun, and the stars are struck, removing their light, which affects day and night. This is not going well on earth, is it? We're only four trumpets in. And what does an eagle scream out? You ain't seen nothing yet. Whoa, you haven't seen anything yet. We've been through six seals, and we're going into the seventh seal, which includes these first four trumpets. So let's move to trumpet number five, chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. And the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth, and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. He opened the shaft of the bottomless pit, and the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth, and they were given power like the power of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were allowed to torment them for five months, but not kill them. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings someone. And in those days, people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. In verse 7. In the appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were what looked like crowns of gold. Their faces were like human faces. Their hair like woman's hair. And their teeth like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the noise of their wings were like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. They have tails and they, they have tails and stings like scorpions. And their power was to hurt people for five months in their tails. They have as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in the Greek is called Apollon. Verse 12, first woe has passed. Behold, two woes are still to come. So the fifth 
trumpet sounds from the seventh seal. A fifth angel blows his trumpet and a star falls from heaven and he is given the key to the bottomless pit. He opens this shaft that releases smoke like a great furnace that darkens the sun and air. And from the smoke comes locust scorpions. These are some bad boys. Now, just picture this. They're, they're like horses prepared for battle wearing golden crowns on human heads but have teeth like lions. They're covered in armor, and their wings sound like an army of chariots going into battle. Just let your imagination run wild. I, I couldn't imagine what this is going to be like. I call them the locust scorpions. They are not friendly. You're not going down in PetSmart and buying one of these things. Their tails sting like a scorpion, and they're given the ability to harm people. But not what? Kill. And a, verse 12 says, this is just the first woe. Behold, two more are coming. These are not good. They are given the authority to do all these things. This trumpet blows, and somehow from this pit that opens up, I don't know where, re re releases these locust scorpions. So we have trumpets one, two, three, four, and five. Let's move to trumpet number six and verse 13. <clears throat> then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of mounted troops were twice 10,000 times 10,000. I heard their number, and this is how I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode them. They were breastplates, color of fire and sapphire and sulfur, and the heads of the horses were like lion's head. Fire and smoke and sulfur come from their mouth. By these three plagues, three by these Three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and smoke and sulfur coming out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents with heads, and by means of them they wound. So trumpet number six of the seventh seal. A sixth angel blows his trumpet, and from the altar you hear this cry, Release the four angels! I'm going to add, Release the kraken! But there are four. These four angels are released. And under their command, if you do the math there, there's 200 million otherworldly creatures that are released to kill a third of mankind. Their mounts are covered in armor of fire, sapphire, and sulfur, having heads like lions that breathe smoke and sulfur and spew deadly plagues. Their tails are like the heads of serpents that wound people. How are things going on earth so far? In your own words. This is not good. You are not booking your vacation for earth at this time. There's a lot of thirds going on. There's a lot of thirds of damage, of death. 
There's a lot of wounding going on where they aren't allowed people to die. So how in the world does the world respond? Jesus, the king, the boss, our revealed king, is the one worthy to open the seal, to command these trumpets to be blown. How does the world react? Verse 20. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. How do they respond? I don't care. Jesus, we don't want nothing of you. There is no repentance. Those who did not die, those who had seen all this happen, are not saying, this is kind of strange. There must be a God doing something. They do not repent. They don't repent of their murders, sorcery, sexual immorality, or thefts. Basically, what are they doing? I ain't, I ain't worshiping that Jesus. I'm worshiping myself. What is sexual immorality? It's all about me. What is theft? I want that for me. What is sorcery? I'm worshiping anything other than God. Now, unless you think, who is dumb enough to worship an idol covered in gold and silver? When does this happen? Huh? It happens all day, but this text happens in the future. Do we have stuff at home that's covered in glitter or it's covered in gold or it's made out of carbon or it's made out of horsepower that we worship? Every day, diesel. Love the smell of diesel. You take a Cummins, right? You know what you think, Jerry? I like that sound too. Yes, especially guys. We worship all kinds of good stuff. Ladies, what do we worship? Well, you. I don't, that's a wrong personal pro down there. Clothes, the way we look, what people think of us. Social status. Now, here's the crazy thing. Guys and ladies, we tend to worship that which is good. None of us will work at, come into a house that's got a shrine for Mopar. You know, we have the candles lit for it, and we're burning, we're praying to it. But, man, you get our checkbooks out. Yeah, we're worshiping it. Or we'll get even more close to home, our kids, our family, our time. You can't, you, you don't ask for none of that. That's under my management, we say. No repentance is the same as continuing to worship what we want to. These people at this time who are still alive, who have not been wakened to God work in their lives by this catastrophic series of events, still continue to worship themselves or anything else but God. 
They refused to repent. They refused to submit to the king as he's revealed, as he is revealing himself. So let's do a short recap of who's in charge in Revelation. Our revealed king, is he in charge? Revelation 8, 1 through 5. The king breaks the seventh seal. He alone is worthy to break this seal. He's large and in charge. He's worthy enough to even hold it. Just breaking this seal causes silence in heaven. Now he gives authority to the angel that holds the prayers and the incense that's given to the king. All of this happens under the king's authority. Now the four trumpets. The king gives the authority to the four angels to destroy. But what does he say? How much can he destroy? By the way, the quick answer to all this is one third. Ready? A third. Okay, that means 0.33 or 33%. Good job. That means there's a boundary. He releases this trumpet, and he says, by the way, you can only burn a third. You go over that, and it's over your limit. The king says only a third. Revelation 9, 1 through 12, for the fifth trumpet, where the locust scorpions are released, here's what he says to them. You're not allowed to harm any plants or trees. You're only allowed to harm those who haven't been marked by God. We went through this last week, but Jesus marks, puts a seal on his people, the 144,000, to eat Israel. Because there was an angel he sent out and said, hey, there's 144,000, I want you marking them for me. Why? For this time, for when the locust scorpions come out, locust scorpions somehow can read the seal and go, oh, don't harm that one. Who's in charge? Jesus is. Whatever this locust scorpion, I would love to see Marvel Comics make a movie out of this, whatever they would come up with in their imagination. This creature that can do all of this, Jesus says, don't you harm those 144,000. He also says, you can't kill anybody. Whatever these horrific creatures are that are released, the king says, don't you kill them. And you're only allowed to torment people for five months. Who's in charge? Even in Revelation, even when the world's, well, going bad, who's in charge? Our good king. Now, the sixth trumpet. This is where he releases the four angels at the river Euphrates. They are kept right now, today. I don't know where this is, but they're there. For just this time. Can they get out today if they want? Who's going to release them? King Jesus. Is there some authority in that? Monstrous amount of authority. You only are going to be released. Now, he is keeping these four things as pets right now locked up. It's like your neighbor's got like four or 5,000 pound Rottweilers that are rapid, and as soon as they release them, they're going to do this dam damage, but the owner can just command them to heal. 
Jesus has these four angels locked up, and he's going to release them at the exact year, time, minute, and second. He's got a plan. Who's in charge? King Jesus is in charge. And finally, mankind refuses to repent. They won't submit to him being in charge. If there's anything that screams out large and in charge, it's this time. Only a third can you do this to. Only a third. Only at this time. And the king is calling out to people saying what? Come. It's time for my perfect judgment. I promised that I would come back. I will make things right. I'm going in the process of making all things new. But if you and I had this power over a world gone crazy, what would we do to it? What do we do with a wasp in the corner gone crazy? Yeah, we come up with cool ways of killing it. Robbie probably used brake can cleaner and a, and a lighter. I'm sure you've done this, Terry, with the ether. <laughs> but we would do that out of our eyes. The king is saying to these angels in the seventh seal, when the trumpets are gone, going, and they're being blown, hey, I'm in charge. I'm doing this. And the people's response on earth is, I want none of that. So this morning, who's in charge of your life? Now, I got to tell you, Jesus is, whether you want to or not. But are you willing to submit? Because what does the word repent mean? It's not only acknowledging where, you've, where you're at, but turning from it and going the other direction. It's Jesus, I am not currently following you. I want to follow you as the ruling king of my life and allow you to be in charge. Now, if Jesus is in charge of our life, what therefore does that mean in the home, in our relationships with our neighbors, with the coworkers? It makes a difference. Who's in charge of our church? Do we own it? We just got done giving money. And as Americans, that which we financially contribute to, we think we own. We give a lot of time. We give a lot of our resources to what's happening here at the local church. But who's in charge? If Jesus is in charge, then what as a church are we doing to reach our neighbors, to reach our friends, to reach our coworkers? Does it make a difference if we are truly submitting to the king who's literally already in charge? And finally, <clears throat> submit. That's the basis of repentance. Stop worshiping me and re worship the revealed king as he's revealed here in Revelation. Yes, the king came as a baby and died for our sins, rose again, and he promised all of his disciples, hey, I'm coming back. We just didn't know it was going to be like this. 
Do we worship that revealed king? Do we follow that king? Are we willing to set him on the throne and to take ourselves off of it and submit to him? And by the way, he's good. All through the book of Revelation, he's good. You can ask me this morning, how is he good? Well, he could have killed them all. He's working a plan in thirds. He's working a progressive plan that gets worse and worse so that he can woo people to himself. And the book ends with a great big party. Will you submit to your king this morning? The Lord Jesus as revealed in the Revelation. Let us pray.